what on earth are you doing? That line is in the vocabulary of probably every parent I know. This is especially true for those of us that have children that are more curious and maybe more adventurous than the average Jane or Joe and like to do things that we can't quite explain. When our children were were younger, from time to time we'd catch them doing something that would raise the question, what on earth are you doing? For example, one time I explained to one of my sons that garage doors are now designed, the garage door openers, to be safe. And they have little beams that will stop them from coming down if someone breaks that beam. And they also, I explained to them that the door will stop coming down if it feels enough pressure on it to save a child that's under that door. My son did not take my word for it. And so he tested this out. And turns out the beam thing works great. If you just kind of run through it, it stops. And then he came up with an idea of how might I test the pressure of a door coming down. And so he decided to take a 1x4 or 2x4, stuck it in the rail of the garage door, and tested it out. Turns out it does work. It also turns out it bends the garage door some. Yeah. And... uh, He being the industrial child that he is, and I dare say fearing for his own life because his dad wasn't at the house at the time, astutely went and asked his mother two very important questions. Number one, when does dad get home? And number two, where's the rubber mallet? And uh, this raised a question in Dion's uh, mind, and she decided to ask my son, What on earth are you doing? Fortunately, my wife also has a maternal instinct and decided to call her husband, who was on way home from a seminary class where you learn how to be godly, and say, one, remember, stay calm, and two, take it easy on your son. Then I got to ask, why? And found out what he had done to my garage door. Now, our other children had learned this phrase over the years, what on earth are you doing? However, when one of them was a little younger, he didn't quite get it right. Uh, As we remember it, one of his siblings was doing something, and he looked over at him, and he says, what are you doing on earth? This was not the appropriate time for a three- or four-year-old to learn why the real reason that they come about. Um, We decided to tell them other reasons at the time, and we kind of laughed, but I will admit that that phrase also crossed my mind as I looked at my garage door, and I wanted to ask myself, what are you doing on earth? (laughs) By the way, just as a point of fact of history, this was not the only garage door that I would have to repair on this son's behalf. So if you would like to talk to him, you can imagine which one it is, and I bet you you're right. So, uh, you know, it's funny when we look at these things and look at our children, sometimes we ask that question, what are you doing on earth? But kids, I actually want to talk to you today, and that's my primary purpose is to address you What are you doing on earth?
So if your parents fall asleep, aren't paying attention, you get to nudge them a day, right? Growing up, my dad was a, a graveyard shift guy. He worked a lot in overnight shifts, and he would have my young sister sit in the back with him. He would sit on the very back pew, and my mom was a choir singer, so she would sit in the choir, and I was a teenager, and we sat in the front of the church. And my sister's assigned job was to keep my dad awake. Unfortunately, when my dad would go to sleep, you could always tell he snored. And uh, he let out a little bit of a snore, and then the next sound I heard was, ah! Because my sister decided to pinch him to wake him up. So kids, you have freedom today to wake up your parents if they fall asleep, okay? You guys good with that? Yeah? All right. If they're not paying attention, you tell them, hey, you need to pay attention. We're learning something here, okay? That's fair? All right. So sometimes I know churches have children's sermons, right? It's the little talk, the little sermonette, as it were, before the the larger sermon. And I thought about reversing that and having an adult sermon today. But then I also thought, if I get them up to the stairs, I don't know if they'll be able to get up and get back to their seats. So I'm just going to let you stay where you're at. And uh, adults, you can listen to the children's sermon along with me as we, we look at Ephesians 6, verses 1 through 3. Kids, I really want you to know, and I'm being serious here, I want you to know that God has given you a purpose, a job right now. Not one you have to wait on. This is not for later in life. You have a job right now to show God's glory and display the gospel. And the primary way, or one of the primary ways you do this is by obeying your parents. This means your parents actually have a right to expect that you would obey them. Because in obeying your parents, what you're doing is showing God's glory and displaying the goodness of the gospel. Now, today, I'm not only going to tell you what you're supposed to be doing, but I want you to understand why. When you leave here, I want you to actually understand, kiddos, what the reason is that you're supposed to obey your parents. And I'll give you a hint. It's not just to make them happy. If you have your Bibles, you can turn over to Ephesians chapter 6, verses 1 through 3, as Brother Marshall read for us. We're going to be looking at those three verses. Then I'm going to give you some biblical illustration and support to some of the, uh, the points that I think Paul is making here that's important for us to understand. And kids, I think it's important for you to understand because it will help you understand what are you doing here on earth? What is it you're supposed to be doing even now in your own life? You know, if you look there in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 1, it starts. It says, children, right? Children obey your parents. So it's very interesting that, that Paul, the Apostle Paul, directly addresses you, you children. He doesn't just write to the adults. He actually writes to the children in Ephesus, and, and for those of you that may remember, this letter was, was, a, was most likely a circular letter. And so he's writing, telling all these children the various cities that this letter would go to. He says, you guys need to obey your parents. But he doesn't just stop there. He, he describes why. And what I want you to see is that the command that he gives is for children to obey their parents. But I want you to also see, guys, that in obeying your parents... You are doing the very thing that Jesus did. You see, Luke, the writer of Luke, tells us that Jesus was submissive 
or listened to and did what his parents said. In Luke 2.51, it's written about him. When he was older, they got up to the temple, and it describes what happens in his life. And it says that, and he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was submissive to them. Probably not a word we use a lot, but submission basically means you listen to and then do what is asked. So, Because submission is more than just doing what you're told. It's actually in your heart listening to and doing what's expected of you. And so Jesus, it says, did that. And, and it's interesting because if you look in your Bibles there, in Ephesians chapter 5 and up verse 18, so just a few verses up above, you'll see that it says we are to be filled with the Spirit. If, if you're a follower of Christ, it says be filled with the Spirit. And one of the things it says is submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. That's the exact same word that's used to describe what Jesus did to his parents. Jesus submitted to his parents, and now Paul describes what is part of the way that you submit to, you listen to your parents. And he says the way you do that in Ephesians 6.1 is, children, you obey your parents. You see, to live your life like Jesus did, you must submit to and obey your parents. Right now, what Paul is telling you children is you, not, not when you get older, and he's not just talking to, to the youngest among He's talking to children that go all the way. I mean, realize Jesus at the time, it says he submitted to parents, would have been in his, probably his early teenage years. And so it says that he submitted to his parents. And, and kids, that's expected of you, that you would actually listen to and do what your parents ask you to do. See, your parents, they have a job too, and their job is to teach you how to follow God with all your life. Their job as a parent is to teach you to follow God with all your life. You know, looking there, you see that your parents are to teach you and inspire you to follow God. They're to teach you, and not only teach you what to do, so it's not just do as I say, it's literally to show with their life what you're supposed to be doing. You should be able to look at your mom and dad and say, oh, that's what it looks like to follow Jesus. And so they should inspire you to follow God. There back in Luke 2.50, 1 and 2, it actually says that when you see there that he went down to Nazareth and was submissive to them, to his parents. He says, then in 52, and Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. That is part of what he was doing as he grew and being submissive to his earthly parents to Joseph and Mary, he actually grew in favor with God and man. Your parents are supposed to be doing something, so they teach you what it means to be wise and that they, to grow in favor with God and man. They have a job. In the Old Testament, in, in the book of Deuteronomy, the nation of Israel is told how to rear their children and in Deuteronomy 6, chapter 4, is what's known as the Great Shema. It's, it's probably the single most important verse to the Israelites. And it says there, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. It tells them they, sing, they, they serve their God, this one God. And then it says, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. So kids, what it's saying is, 
that you are to love God with your entire life. But then it tells you kids how you're supposed to learn that because it tells your parents on how they're supposed to teach you that. It says, And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children. Your parents aren't supposed to be half-hearted in how they teach you. They're supposed to be fully committed to teaching you the ways of God. That is, that is their job to you as parents. And your job is to listen to them. And, and, it, and it goes on to say, you will teach them diligently to your children, and they shall talk of them when you sit in your house. Like when you're at the supper table. Or I know a lot of us eat out even when you're at the fast food restaurants. Or sometimes when you're eating your supper in the car because you have so much to get done, you have to talk about it. And how does that work? It says, because how else are you going to do it? Not only while you're sitting in your house, but when you walk by the way. That is, when you're traveling around, they should be talking to you about it. And it says, when you lie down. That is, as you go to bed, they're reminding you. This is what it means to follow God. And as you rise up, as you get up in the morning, and you, your, your parents have bad breath, and they have funny-looking hair. And uh, I know that's just your dad's. And uh, yeah, someone laughed. That must be true. That's true, is it? Yeah, it is. Okay, I got a, I got a, I got a childhood amen. It's a laughter, right? But even in the mornings, they should tell you of what it means to follow God. And they, they're, they're telling you that because there's a purpose. Your parents, your parents are supposed to be teaching you all the time and in every way what it means to love God with your entire life. There's no part of your life, guys, that you are not supposed to love God with. So you then, you'll see there, it says something a little strange to us. In verse 8 it says, You shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be frontals between your eyes, and you shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Now, the Jews, some have a practice. They put these little boxes, phylacteries on their hands or on their foreheads. Because they read this verse, they say, that's how you bind them. You keep them really close. But the picture is, just realize what the picture is. It's showing you just how much it is to follow the rules and principles of God. It extends to what you would do with your hands. How you would use your hands shows how you glorify God. It's interesting how you put it, put it on your frontal. I want you to think of it this way. It's, the, it's like you're wearing glasses. It's how you see the world. You will see it as God sees it. So your job is to learn from your parents what it means to glorify God, not only in how you think, but how you see the world and what you do in the world. You have that job right now. That's part of obedience. So everything you do your entire life is supposed to be about doing that which God wants you to do. And your job is to obey, obey your parents because that's what they're supposed to be teaching you. That's their job. But Paul doesn't end there. In Ephesians, he goes on to say that you are to obey, children obey your parents, what? In the Lord. Now what he's not saying to you kids is there's only this little area that's in the Lord that you obey, right? Because I just told you, what are you supposed to obey God in? Your entire life, with all of it, right? That was the great commandment. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, strength. Everything that you are. What it's actually saying, you should obey your parents because it is part 
of obeying God. I want you kids to think obeying my parents is part of obeying God. You see, you're supposed to obey your parents in the Lord. It's like you're obeying God when you obey your parents. In fact, in Colossians 3.20, which is a very similar passage to what we read here in Ephesians, it says, children, obey your parents, and it says, in everything. So we know, I mean, Paul's trying to tell us, there's no part of your life you're not supposed to obey them in. And he actually says, you obey them in everything, and there's a reason for this pleases the Lord. You see, when Paul writes that we obey our parents and our Lord, it pleases God. You're actually doing something that brings pleasure to God when you obey your parents. And that's, that's important. It's essential because your job right now in your life, whether you be three-year-old or a five-year-old or an eight-year-old or a 10-year-old, 12 or, or 13 or 16, whatever your age, all the way up to adulthood, is to obey your parents like you would obey God. Because they're supposed to be teaching you how to follow God with your whole life. You must obey your parents as Christ did his parents in every area of your life. Just like Jesus did, that's what you're going to do. That's your job right now, kids. You are to be about obeying your parents, what they tell you. Now, let me give you the four reasons then that Paul says. So the command is what? Obey your parents. Right? The realm or the scope, like where does it fit? It's everything. Everything. And there's no area of your life you're not supposed to obey them in. And then he gives four reasons on why you're to obey your parents. The most fundamental reason you see there is he summarizes as, for this is right. This is right. It's the right thing to do. The most fundamental reason you are to obey your parents is because it is the right thing to do. If you want to do the right thing, you obey your parents. That's just how Paul summarizes it. He says you obey them because it's, why is it the right thing to do though? Well, notice what he gives because in the second reason. So if the overarching reason is the right thing to do, why is it the right thing to do? Well, Paul gives us the reason why he says that. He actually quotes from the Old Testament. He says, honor your father and mother. Now that may sound familiar. You know why that sounds familiar? It's one of the Ten Commandments. Honor your father and mother. In Exodus 20, verse 12, and also in Deuteronomy 5, 16, this commandment is given. It's part of the the Ten Commandments given to us. I'll read from Deuteronomy 5.16 where it says, Honor your father and your mother as the Lord your God commanded you that your days may be long and that it may go well with you in the land that the Lord your God has given you. See, Paul says it's right because there's a fundamental, fundamental biblical reason. God commanded it. This is what God said. It says the biblical reason you obey your parents is because God says you are to honor your mom and dad. If the, if the big overarching fundamental reason is it's, it's right, here's why it's right. It's because the Bible says it's right, and the Bible is what God is saying. And what God has said is that you're to honor your mom and dad. And here's, here's something that's really important that you can point out to your parents. Honoring your parents never stops. You will never grow out of this. 
Guys, kids, you can look over your mom and dad right now and say, you have to honor your mom and dad. They do. That never ends. You know, it's interesting. Our Lord, Jesus, actually points this out. That we are to honor our parents now because we're always to honor our parents. The reason why, kids, you're obeying your parents and honoring them now, because that never changes. You are learning something you're supposed to do for the rest of your life, to honor your parents. Now, obeying changes, but showing them honor doesn't. In Mark chapter 7, our Lord, Jesus actually says that, that we adults that have parents are supposed to honor them. In Mark 7, verse 9, it says, And he said to them, and he's talking to the Pharisees, so he's talking to the Jewish leadership, and he says, You have a fine way of rejecting the commandment of God in order to establish your tradition. Then he says, For Moses said, Honor your father and mother, and whoever reviles father or mother must surely die. He's actually quoting from the Ten Commandments, Honor your father and mother, and then later, in Exodus 21, it says that if you revile your father or mother, you should surely die. I mean, this is a horrible thing. And then Jesus points out to them, but you say, if a man tells his father or his mother, whatever you have gained from me is Corban, and you know, that's a, that's a word that's kind of strange to us. We don't know what that means. And actually, Mark is very helpful. He says, that is given to God. That is what they're saying is, it's like they said, hey, I can't help pay for your mom and dad because I gave it all to God. It's God's now, so don't blame me because God owns it all. He actually says, then you no longer permit him to do anything for his father or mother, thus making void the word of God by your tradition that you have handed down and many such things you do. It's interesting, isn't it? Jesus is pointing out, kids, to the adults. He's pointing out to them that they are not honoring their parents because they won't take care of them. So you need to realize your job right now is to learn how to honor your parents through obedience. Because when you get older, you still will honor your parents by taking care of them. That never changes. So you have a job right now, kids, to learn how to honor your parents right now. And guess what? You can look at your parents and adults. We can look at one another. We have a responsibility to even honor our parents as we've grown older and they've grown older by showing them honor. So then he goes on, he says there's another reason. So if the, the most fundamental reason is it's the right thing to do, and, and the biblical reason is because God said so, right? That's what God said. Then he says there's actually a personal reason. There's something that's of personal benefit to you. This is actually something you gain from it. The personal reason you are to obey your parents is that obeying your parents leads to things going well for you, Right? By obeying your parents, things are going to go well for you. They're going to go better than if you don't obey them. That's actually the contrast that's being set up. It doesn't mean all of your life will never have problems. That's not what it's saying. But what it's saying is, if you listen to the wisdom of your parents and you follow what they're saying, and this is how you follow God, your life is going to go well compared to if you don't. It actually says that, that listening to your parents will make you excuse me, make you wise and make your parents happy. 
The Bible actually tells us that, that listening to your parents, hearing them and obeying them, it will make you wise and it will make your parents happy. This is part of the point of the book of Proverbs. In Proverbs 23, 24, and 25, guys, it, it writes, or, or the proverb, the writer of Proverbs writes, the father of the righteous will greatly rejoice. Now in the book of Proverbs, the righteous are those that follow the way of God. Right? That's the two paths in Proverbs. You can follow God, or you can follow your own heart in the way of the world. Well, the righteous follow the way of God. And it says the righteous will greatly rejoice. He who fathers a wise son will be glad in him. You realize you make your parents happy. They rejoice when they see that you are listening to their advice and their direction and their guidance for your life. But it doesn't just make them happy. It's actually for your good as well. Let your father and mother be glad. Let her who bore you rejoice. You see, mom and dad both are glad and rejoice, but you notice what happens. You become a wise person, a wise son. You become a righteous person, someone who follows God. So by listening to your parents and obeying them, you're learning wisdom so you know how to live in this world. Because this world is broken in a lot of ways. This world just doesn't always work the way it's supposed to. And so your parents know this. And their parents, your grandparents know this. And so they're trying to give you wise advice. If you will follow the ways of God, you can live in this world so that it will go well with you. And that's the direction that that it's giving to you, is that the personal reasons you are to obey your parents is that by obeying them, it will lead you to things that go well for you in life. Listen to your parents and obey them. So the most fundamental reason you are to obey your parents is because it is the right thing to do, right? Very simple answer. Why do I obey your parents, right? You ever, kids, you ever have somebody go, why do you keep doing what your mom and dad say? And your simple answer to them is because it's the right thing to do. This is the right thing to do, and so I'll do it. And then say, well, why is that the right thing to do? Well, because the Bible says that. The Bible actually says you're to honor your father and mother. Well, so what? What do you have to gain from it? Well, the Bible tells you that by obeying your parents, it's going to lead to things going well for you. If you want things to go well for you, you listen to your parents. And then he he gives us his last reason, reason number four, and that you may live long in the land. He's actually quoting, again, you remember Deuteronomy 5.16? Remember, Deuteronomy 5.16, when we read it, it says, Honor your father and your mother as the Lord your God commanded you, that your days may be long and that it may go well with you in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. It actually reminds us that part of honoring our father and mother, obeying them, that it helps us to have a long life. You see, the long-term reason, so the reason beyond just right now, like you're thinking when you get really old, like in your 30s, Or decrepit like, like me when you're in your 40s? Okay, we're going to stop there. But when you, get, when you get older, it says that you might have a long life. Now, this isn't a guarantee. 
I had a, I had a sister who, who actually died when she was 15 years old. So it doesn't guarantee you that you'll have a long life, but it does tell you if you will follow the ways of God that your parents teach you, you're much more likely to have a long life because they're wise and they help you understand the way you should live in this broken world. You know, it's interesting in Ephesians 5, in verse 15 and 16, it says, Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. That's actually the passage that leads into this, that builds up to what we're supposed to do and how we're supposed to to follow the advice, the guidance, the rules, the principles that our parents give us. That's part of being wise. In fact, in in Proverbs 22.6, it says that if you train up a child in the way he should go, even when he is old, he will not depart from it. Now, this isn't a guarantee. That's not how Proverbs works. Proverbs is telling us a principle. Your parents hear, oh, if I train them up the way they should, the most likely thing that will happen is even when they get old, they won't depart from it. You know, you think about it. There's a lot of things that I do, and the reason why I do them is because that's how my dad trained me to do them. I just do them that way because that's the way my mom or my dad taught me. I tie my shoes in a very specific way, the way I make my knot, because that's how my dad taught me to tie my shoes. And I still this day, I was thinking about it this morning as I put on my shoes. I'm like, well, I tie that knot because it's something I learned when I was first grade, you know, a long time ago. My mom just gave up and gave me Velcro, but dad stuck with me. But I, I think about some of the sayings, the phrases that I use. You know where I got them from? My dad, my mom, right? I call, I have five children. I call them all Wilson. Yeah, they have to figure out which one I'm addressing. That's their responsibility. They can sort it out. You know why I do that? My dad called me Wilson growing up. That's why I do it. There's no particular reason other than that's why my, my dad did, right? You know why? I mean, you think about it. Why do I cook things certain ways? Well, that's how I saw my mom. Like when I make spaghetti, it always has to have Italian sausage in it. You know why? So my mama made spaghetti, so that's the way I make spaghetti, right? And what Proverbs is telling us, kids, is that your parents are training you up in the way you should go, and they know you're going to learn habits and patterns and the way you think and what you believe and what you do because of what you learn from your parents. And it's much more likely you won't depart from that. So your parents' job, remember, is to teach you the ways of God. Your job is to obey your parents so you learn the ways of God. In Proverbs 15, 32, it actually warns you. It warns you, kids, be careful, because whoever ignores instruction despises himself. You're actually doing something bad for yourself. If you don't listen to your mom and dad, if it makes you mad and angry, I don't want to do what they they told me to do. I don't want to go to bed at at the time they tell me to go to bed. I don't want to brush my teeth, right? I don't want to do my homework. I don't want to do the chores that they've assigned to me. I don't want to to read and and get my homework assignments done like I'm supposed to. I don't want to hear the word of God. All these things, I don't want to do these things. And, And Proverbs actually warns you, if you ignore those instructions, you actually despise. That's a different way to say you. It's like you hate yourself. Because you're not listening to your mom and dad. It says, but he who listens to reproof, if you listen to that instruction, you listen to that correction, 
you do the things the way mom and dad, it says you actually gain intelligence. You get smarter. How many of you kids want to get smarter? Yeah? Listen to mom and dad. It's what you do. In fact, the way the writer of Proverbs summarizes this in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 is that you are to trust in the Lord with all your heart and not to lean on your own understanding. Right? You don't lean, kids, on the way you think things should be and the way you're understanding, but in all your ways you acknowledge God and he will make your paths straight. The actual idea is smooth, like it's easier to go across that path because it's not a rocky, bumpy path. You see, what, what Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, I mean, listen to what it would say. Kids, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on what you understand and think is right. In all your ways, acknowledge him, including obeying your parents in the Lord, for this is right. And he, God, will make your path straight. See, obeying your parents is to make you wise so you trust in God. You should become so wise that you realize it is the wisest thing to do, kids, is to trust in God. So what did we learn this morning? The command is what? Obey your parents. And in what areas are you supposed to obey your parents? How? In everything, it's in the Lord. It's like you're following God. And the four reasons that Paul shows to us is one is the most fundamental reason you're to obey them is because it's the right thing to do. Obeying your parents is the right thing to do. But secondly, the biblical reason, what the Bible says, the reason why it's the right thing to do is because God says you are to honor your mom and dad. You should obey them because God says to honor your mom and dad. But there's even more. There is a personal reason, a personal benefit for you kiddos in following what your parents say. You are to obey your parents, and in doing so, it leads to things going well for you. They go better because you're learning from the wisdom of your parents, and they should be giving you the wisdom of God. And the long-term reason is that you might have a long life. Then in listening to them, your life is more likely to be a longer life than a shorter life. So you remember what I said at the beginning? Not just what on earth are you doing, but kids, what are you doing on earth? And I want you to remember, the big idea this morning is you already have a job. You have something you're supposed to be doing right now. You don't wait to grow up and do it. And that job is to honor your parents by obeying them because when you obey your parents, it shows you trust in God. When you obey your parents, you are showing, I trust in God. And in obeying your parents, then people will see the glory of God in your life by seeing the goodness and the wisdom of following Jesus. You see, you're going to show by your obedience to your parents that the wisest, the best, thing to do, what is good, is to follow your parents because in doing so, you're following Jesus. I'm going to do what Jesus did, and that is to obey my parents, to honor them with your entire life. Let's pray. Father, I thank you that Paul saw the importance, not merely of the adults, but of the children 
showing the gospel in their life. God, I pray will will these verses out of Ephesians, will, will the children here remember them? No matter how young or old that child is, may, may they hear what is best is obedience of their parents. And then, Father, in obeying their parents, it's like they're obeying Jesus Himself. They're obeying God. And, Father, You would work on their hearts so that they would know Jesus. Father, I pray that You would work in their young lives through their parents so that they would see Jesus and follow Him with their entire life. It's in Jesus' name we pray and by the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, this morning, I, I, I want to talk, let me first of all talk to the kids. Guys, if, if you don't know Christ, if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you've never put your faith in Him, one is I, I want you to feel like you can talk to your parents and say, what does that mean? What does it mean that I should put my faith in Jesus? And I'll tell you simply that this is what the Bible tells us. It says that God created the world and that we entered into sin. And sin means we rebelled against God. And every one of us has done that. You know why? Because in our very hearts, we start as people that rebel against God. But then what do you do? How do I, if I rebel against God, how do I get a relationship back in a right relationship with God? Well, well, the Bible tells us that God sent His Son, Jesus, to die on the cross to pay the penalty of our sins, right? Well, when you do something wrong, what you should do is be, be punished for it. And the Bible's very clear. Jesus took our punishment on himself. That's why he died on the cross. So rather than us paying the punishment, Jesus did. And what the, what the Bible tells us is that if we put our faith in Jesus, it actually Paul writes in the book of Romans, you will be saved. Well, saved from what? Well, it's actually saved from the punishment that you rightly deserve from God. That instead of God punishing you for your sins, His Son, Jesus, took our place. And by you putting your trust in Him, now you can have not only relief from the punishment of those sins, but you can have a relationship with God. And you you can talk to your mom and dad about that, and you have questions, you can come and ask myself or Pastor Earl. We'll, We'll be here, and if we want to talk later, we can sit down and talk with your mom and dad. And adults, if that rings true in your life, I've never placed my faith in Christ. Then I say to you, if you want to be good parents, wise parents, your first step is to place your faith in Christ. Kids, let me also say, some of you may say, you know what, I do follow Jesus. I I have put my faith in Him. But for you, you may need to go to your mom and dad and say, hey, I'm sorry, I don't always obey you like I should. Right? Right? Because we're not perfect. And and some of you may say, hey, I want to listen to you, Mom and Dad, because I want to live wisely. I want to obey you like like I'm obeying God. I want to do it with my heart. 
Not just because I have to, but because I want to. And adults, how true is that in our life about how we follow Christ? Not that we just do it because our Lord says we have to, but we literally do it because we want to. We want to show the children in our life that it is a good and glorious thing to follow Christ. I don't follow him because I have to. I follow him because I want to. Because he's worked in my life and done glorious things that I can never do. We want to show them, like like Deuteronomy says, when we rise, when we lay down, when we're talking to them, when we're walking by the way, that they would learn that their hands and all that they do, their minds and all that they think, with their eyes, all that they see is done for the glory of God. That way they would know it is true to love the Lord their God with all their heart, their soul, their mind, their strength. 